0: This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. So good to be home at the house of God today for this Christmas season. Isn't it great? I love I love uh, the fact that now everyone has full permission to deck the halls and uh, focus on Christmas. Now that Thanksgiving is done, some of you are like, yeah, well, Black Friday is also done. Cyber Monday and Black Friday do not count as holidays. Let me just set that straight. But you are welcome to fully embrace and celebrate Christmas. I love this season. I love the fact that we get to celebrate the gift of God to humanity. The fact that he sent his son, he took the initiative to reach us, to bring hope, to bring love, to bring faith into our story and change us and lead us into an abundant life. That's worth celebrating, isn't it? we just thank God for that and clap loud right now? I, I love the, uh, the fact that we can officially start counting. We're 26 days away from Christmas, so uh, if you have not done your shopping yet, you still have 25 days to procrastinate, and uh, and and then do some quick wrapping of, of gifts. Uh, the the movies that are that are uh, out there right now, a lot of them have this theme, if you've noticed. So, that, like Hallmark movies, a lot of them are about this journey home, trying to make it home in time for Christmas, and there's all these things that happen that that create uh, obstacles and and things to sort out and tensions, and then finally making it home, the Christmas detour. I think Elf would also, it would fit under that category of trying to be home for Christmas. It's trying to get back to the North Pole in time for Christmas, right? Uh, Then there's another genre of movies like Home Alone, where it's uh, actually being locked up at home for Christmas and surviving Christmas, locked up at home. Some might identify this year, right? And uh, Whatever the case, there's so many good things that that are part of the, like the flavors and the traditions that are just part of of this season, and I'm I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to the series that we're starting today, which is going to be with us throughout all month, and then we're going to head into our Christmas Eve services, and Home for Christmas is a theme. The reason we're talking about this is because God specializes at helping us find that home that he's prepared. He specializes on leading us on a journey to be at home with the best life possible that he has prepared for us. Amen. Another thing I want to emphasize, I'm excited about, is this Wednesday we have Seek First, which is a time for worship and prayer. It's going to happen at 7 p.m. at all of our campuses, and uh, it'll also be live streamed online for those who want to tune in in June and join us that way. That'll be uh, this Wednesday And it's just going to be a time focused on waiting, unrushed time, waiting on God, worshiping him. And something refreshing and powerful happens when we set time apart to meet with him. How many say amen to that, right? So if you're able to to make it out this Wednesday, I want to encourage you to do that. There's so many um, traditions that we might have from our family of origin, things that we've done in the past that we associate with Christmas. This is the moment when you uh, pull out the boxes full of ornaments, right? We have our tree, we got our tree. It's not decorated yet. So we, we like to pace ourselves. And uh, we'll do lights one week and then uh, bulbs the next week or we'll, we'll figure it out, right? But I, you know, as Analia and I have, have uh, formed at home, we each came from different contexts, different families of origin. And uh, and and we had to decide, okay, what traditions are we gonna bring into our new family, into our new home that we are establishing now? I want to invite Analia to come on up just to tell you a little bit about our story. This is my best friend, my wife, and my companion, my favorite preacher. I'm gonna give it up for her.
1: And you're my favorite. And
0: yeah, thank you. Are you just favorite interpreter? So I'll be interpreting into English. Yes, thank you. So um, what are some of the traditions that you grew up with. Now, bear in mind, both of us grew up in Argentina in South America. So that's Southern Hemisphere, which means it's summer right now. Christmas always happens in summer for half the planet, believe it or not. And so we always had swimming pool parties, flip-flops, shorts, and uh, and a lot of sweat and heat and uh, air conditioning that didn't always work that well. So what were some of the Traditions that you grew up with, Analia. Tell us a little bit bueno, about that.
1: Que no arbolitos.
0: First thing is that we didn't set up a Christmas tree.
1: No en casa.
0: We didn't have a tree at home.
1: Eh, pero sí, mi mamá meses antes el
0: but a couple months before Christmas, my mom always started working on this live nativity scene.
1: Entonces el pesebre viviente al barrio.
0: So then we would have a nativity scene with a manger with all the little kids in the neighborhood. We would present it to our
1: neighbors. Y la and
0: we would uh, offer the gift of salvation from God to them.
1: Era nuestra para compartir la fe.
0: It was our opportunity to be able to share faith.
1: Navidad siempre era la oportunidad para compartir con amigos.
0: Christmas was always an opportunity to be able to share with other friends. And with our uh, family of the faith as well.
1: Es que en los se abren a la an
0: interesting thing is that in Argentina, you open gifts at midnight from the 24th, when you're going into the
1: 25th. So
0: all the kids, are they got to be awake. they got to be hay... ready to open gifts at midnight.
1: La idea es no te quedes dormido.
0: And the idea is don't fall asleep
1: tiran fuegos artificiales como They
0: also do a lot of fireworks on Christmas Eve at midnight, like the Fourth of July here.
1: la mesa llena amigos familiares.
0: Tradition is to have a big table full of family and
1: friends.
0: But dinner starts at 10 p.m. Food is ready at 10 p.m.
1: Así que si a la se abren los regalos,
0: so then we open gifts at midnight
1: at midnight
0: we then look at the uh, fireworks around the
1: city and
0: then a tradition my mom set up is that right at midnight we would all kneel down and thank God
1: so our family más.
0: celebration ended at like 2 a.m. or even later than that now, uh, my family, even though I grew up in Argentina, I was born in Menominee, Wisconsin, which is not as eccentric as <laughs> Buenos Aires, Argentina, and my mom is from a small town in, in, uh, in Wisconsin called Alma Center, 416 inhabitants. So, my mom, when I was a year old, we went down to Argentina, and she brought a lot of USA customs and traditions into the Southern Hemisphere, summer Christmas, and what was it like for you to come over to the Graham's home for Christmas?
1: Y nos casamos,
0: when we got married,
1: las dos
0: we were able to celebrate both Christmas with Por, both families.
1: Because
0: Nathan, Nathan's family
1: bien la cena.
0: start dinner really early.
1: Así que doble cena en so we
0: ate dinner <laughs> twice for Christmas we would set up the tree Nathan had made all these ceramic de- decorations that she would set up when he was a little kid
1: El papá leía el, la historia de la Navidad.
0: His dad would read the the Christmas story from the book of Luke.
1: Su mamá el piano y cantábamos
0: His mom would play the piano and we would sing Christmas carols together.
1: Abríamos los regalos.
0: Open up the gifts.
1: Terminaba la fiesta a las de la noche. And at
0: 10 p.m. the party was over.
1: Y nos a la otra fiesta.
0: And we would go to the other party. <laughs>
1: Y seguía la noche de fiesta. And then we
0: just go on all night like that, parting. Así
1: que formamos nuevas tradiciones como familia. So then we form familia.
0: new traditions as family. Now in Argentina uh, we don't have Thanksgiving, and so here it's kind of like you do Thanksgiving with one uh, family and then Christmas with the other one. Down there Christmas and New Year's are kind of like the two big, they're like equal in in, uh, in in family importance. So when we were here for our first New Year's. you moved freshly from Argentina up to Minnesota. We were living in a house in Columbia Heights. How did we celebrate New Year's here and what was that like for Nathan
1: you? Una gran idea
0: Nathan had a great idea
1: de celebrar nosotros solos. to
0: celebrate just the two of us.
1: Y para mí fue tristísimo. and for
0: me it was the saddest celebration ever
1: Lloré esa noche. I cried all night and I
0: said I'm never going to celebrate New Year's like Tenemos this again que
1: compartir. we
0: need to share with others
1: Esta es una fiesta para compartir. this
0: is a party to celebrate Imagínense. and share with others can you imagine that?
1: hija, la
0: I'm the fourth of six kids. So my house has always been full of people.
1: Todos sus Everyone
0: would invite their friends over. Y
1: caían en and they'd always
0: show up whenever. too
1: Así que un año nuevo, solos.
0: So just, uh, you knew you're just the two of us. Nunca más. Never again.
1: Nuestras <laughs> <laughs> In
0: our traditions now. now we set up a tree at
1: home
0: we decorate it we get around to decorating it at some point but we have a tree
1: Y siempre para mí Navidad año nuevo es un momento para compartir en familia. And
0: always Christmas and, and New Year, that's just a moment for us to be together as a family. Es para
1: compartir lo que Jesús hizo por nosotros. And to
0: celebrate and share what God has done for us throughout the year. Es la vida de
1: Jesús en nuestros hogares. The
0: life of Jesus in our homes.
1: Así so que me encanta una tradición que hacemos ahora
0: que estamos viviendo
1: acá. So a tradition we have
0: now that we're living here.
1: Venimos el el veinticuatro.
0: We come to the Christmas Eve service here. At Emmanuel, que me and I love that,
1: y de eso,
0: and after that,
1: venir a casa.
0: our friends sometimes will come on over,
1: y bien tarde and we end
0: partying pretty late, too. Y si
1: podemos, and if
0: we have some fireworks left over from the 4th of July, we might shoot those as well, so... <laughs> Nothing better than that, que donde that wherever we're at,
1: una de la fe. we
0: have a family of faith con to celebrate with. Esta
1: es this is
0: our opportunity.
1: Somos familia we're a
0: family, the family of Emmanuel. Love ustedes. being with you. Thank you so much. She's pretty great. Some of you are like, why don't you just have her stay up there the whole time? Or does she have to leave this soon? We'll get to hear more from Aaliyah later, but I love, uh, I remember that New Year's, I, I was like, what, is it not enough to have me as your companion? And that was not the right thing to say either. <laughs> so we have not done it that way. Hopefully uh, this Christmas and New Year's things will, will, will be, there'll be opportunities to be able to, to uh, spend time with loved ones as well. But whatever the case, whatever the scenario, we make that at-home feeling where we're at. That doesn't live in the past. It doesn't live in our traditions. We end up shifting and changing and adopting new things and shedding some old ones. And I don't have that ceramic Christmas set that I made when I was four years old that is like abstract art is what it was. I mean, you couldn't even tell. You know, thank God that he's merciful or, you know, my my representation of baby Jesus was not very inspiring. So the... uh, there's things that we, with time, we move forward. And, uh, in this year of uncertainty, there may be that tendency, everything seems so shifting and changing and pivoting is happening that there may be a desire to just hold on with nostalgia to what's familiar, to what's in the past, to, you know, really, uh, cling to traditions. And I want to just encourage you that, that sense of warmth and security is not in the past. It's in what's ahead, what God has prepared for us. That sense of trust, confidence, hope, warmth, peace is found in God. It's not found in how we set the table for a Thanksgiving or for a Christmas. It's found in Him. It's not found in the location, the country, the city, the home that you live in. We just moved to Blaine a few weeks ago and we've had this opportunity to decide, okay, what are we going to do now to uh, create new traditions for Christmas? We get an opportunity to get rid of some of those ugly ornaments and, uh, and get some new ones, right? And so I, I just want to encourage you. We're all on that journey. I love the fact that God specializes at creating homes for us. And he, he always walks with us and guides us on that journey. Some of you are like, I wish I had a home that I could be homesick for. Maybe you're in college. Maybe you're kind of between seasons or fields, or you're far from family, as is the case for many people who have moved here from other nations, other countries. But whatever the case, God prepares a home for us, and he is the primary one that gives us that sense of peace and hope. Amen? I love the first story in Scripture where it talks about God leading us to that that home uh, through the example and the story of Abraham. So I'm going to encourage you, if you can read with me, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, and then it's going to reference Genesis 12, so we're going to jump and read that real quick. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing what he was doing. That's trust. That's confidence. That's Uh, believing God, because he didn't need to understand everything and have it all spelled out to feel like he could control it. He just believed that God would lead and that God who had promised would also fulfill. The story is actually told in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you. We know that this promise actually was fulfilled because through Abraham's descendants came Jesus, who has blessed all the families of the earth. So there's, there's, you know, there, there's, uh, this is a precursor to the story of Christmas, if you will. But Abraham had to leave. He had to go from where he was at and follow God's guidance, his, his, uh, his leading into that better place, into that new home, into that abundant life that God had prepared for him. And we're all on a similar journey. Things that we learn from Abraham as we're on this journey. The first thing I want to I point out is we need to own our choices. Own your choices. Own your choices. There's a lot happening around us that we cannot control. There's a lot that, that it's beyond our ability. If we, could, if we could make the laws and the rules, we would definitely, I mean, we would probably have crazier laws and rules than what are going on right now, right, but we, it would be very different. But we can't control a lot of what's happening, circumstances that are happening around us. What we are responsible for is how we respond to those circumstances the choices we make. We're responsible for our past decisions. I can't shift the blame. I can't point fingers for decisions that I have made, the good ones and the bad ones. Abraham, once he followed God, you would think that everything was just smooth sailing. But when he left this familiar place called Ur and he begins this journey, he ends up in the place that God had prepared for him, the land that God had promised him, and there's famine that hits. How many times has it happened to us where we're, we're following God's voice and obeying him, and then just something out of the blue, calamity hits, or unexpected things happen, or there's, you know, maybe, maybe our, 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 our job or our work ends up kind of getting shaken, or maybe there's family issues or trouble. Abram faced all kinds of things. He had uh, resistance, he had famine in the land, he had family dysfunction, he had betrayal, he had uh, tribes that were coming and attacking him while he was on this journey, and then he had the consequences of his own bad choices. But you know one thing he did is he, he owned up to it. That's why we got the story in Scripture. He didn't blame Sarah, he didn't blame Lot, he didn't blame God, he owned his choices. He owned his choices, and that faith was counted to him as justice. That's what it says in Hebrew. He lived out his trust in God. Own our past decisions. Own our current, present reactions and responses. Our choices will impact our relationships, our conversations, our posts, our our family atmosphere. They will impact the way we steward our resources. They're going to impact everything. You can't make choices for me and I can't make them for you. And we need, maturity begins the day we take responsibility, right? The day we start saying, yes, this is, this is, my, this is my responsibility. This is a choice that I need to own. I need to, I need to fully own what I did and how I'm responding today. We are not at the mercy of the atmosphere around us, we can decide. To reflect the values of the kingdom, even when everything around us is being shaken. How many say amen to that? We we can't blame our setting. We can't blame our context. We need to take responsibility for where we're at and how we're responding today. So I need to catch myself. And if I realize that I'm just getting short-tempered, I'm getting grumpy, I'm getting irritable, that's on me. I can't blame my family. I can't blame politics. I can't blame anything around me. I am responsible for my reactions. Amen? You're all saying amen to me. Can I say amen to you as well? You're responsible for your reactions too. It's just, it's part of it. On this journey, we're not going to get traction unless we take responsibility. And then we're also responsible for the decisions we make from now on. We might be facing forks in the road and, and, and very complex, multiple-layered decisions that, that are not easy. But God will continue to guide us. We don't... I remember something that uh, Pastor Mark Dennis used to say, you can't steer a parked car, right? God often guides us as we're taking steps and moving in trust, and a lot of times, we want God to spell it all out before we'll take the first step. It doesn't work that way. We need to follow him each day, and he is a God of clarity, not a God of confusion. Something that Ali and I have practiced as a family uh, over the years when we've been faced with a big decision. Uh, what we've done is we've, we've decided that we're not going to take uh, decisions in haste or, or, or do it out of impulse. We're going to make time to pray. And we're gonna make room for hearing God's voice. And so, something that we always say is we'll decide to not decide. So, we set a deadline and we say, okay, there's this fork in the road. We got option A, we got option B, and maybe C. And we'll say, God, we're gonna take two weeks to pray. We don't say we're gonna take a full decade and not do anything until that decade is up, right? Two weeks to pray. And we wanna make sure that we're making room for hearing God's voice. In that time, we'll talk to mentors. Friends that know us well, that want the best thing for us. And, and just wise counsel from people that God has pl- placed in our life. And we'll do what we call informed prayers. We'll bring that before God. We'll, t- we'll be very intentional about praying God Is it A, B, or C. During that time, oftentimes, God will say, he'll shift our attention, he'll confirm one of the different options, right? Sometimes, we get to the deadline, and it's still like, there's still some suspense, and uh, what we'll do at that point is we'll say, God, tomorrow is decision day, and we've committed that we're not going to make, unless it's in stereo, when you're married, it's got to be both of, both, of, you know, both of us feeling the same thing. And uh, we'll say, God, we're really leaning towards A, unless you say the contrary or show us differently, this is the path, this is the step we're going to take. And uh, oftentimes God will either interrupt that and show us a different one or he'll confirm it by just being silent and then bless that. So we have committed to not just getting stuck and, and paralyzed. We have decisions to make. We've got choices to make. We need to own them. We are responsible. We will give an account for how we manage each day that God has entrusted to us. So I want to encourage you. I don't want to, like, you know, overload you with extra weight today. In fact, that's not at all what God says. He said his yoke is easy, that as we walk with him, we will experience his guidance, his help, his strength, his rest, and we'll find clarity for each of the choices we need to make. So take up, make room for his voice. Come to Seek First on Wednesday if you're facing a big decision. And uh, don't allow 2020 to be a year with personal decisions that you regret. If you made mistakes, own it, apologize, begin to change, go to God, surrender that to God and begin to change. But don't let the rest of this year turn into just more things that happen. If I decide I'm not gonna walk in, you know what, it's too difficult, I'm just gonna sit here until 2021. That doesn't mean that I, that I, I actually decided to not, I, you know, I've, I've decided to be passive in to let things happen, and that's on me as well. And so I need to take ownership of my choices. Second thing, steer your emotions. Steer your emotions. I want to tell you the uh, story of my last commute in my blue Pontiac Trans Am from Minneapolis years ago. Should have not finished that road uh, trip back home. But uh, somewhere on the, on, the, on the right home, I noticed that Uh, I could no longer steer left. I kept on turning the wheel and it just, it would not obey. It would not go left. It's a stubborn car. And uh, when I turned right, that worked. I should have pulled off to the side of the road and I should have called the tow truck or I should have just walked home or like, you know, uh, (laughs) made it some other way. Uh, Hindsight, I didn't do the best thing. I planned my whole commute home with right turns only, and uh, actually made it. Shouldn't be proud of that, but I kinda am, but, um, and that's the last time I drove that car. It could have been, you know, my, my guardian angels were working overtime, you know, they were, they were exhausted after that. But, and here's the thing, if we go through life without steering properly, It's not only going to be danger for us, it's going to cause calamity for the people around us. We become dangerous for the people around us. And if we don't learn how to steer strong emotions that we all feel, because God has wired us and designed us to feel sadness or anger or frustration. Read the prophets. I mean, they're like experts at venting. And, uh, and, and, and it, but God has given us this. He's given us these emotions, but we are not meant to just follow them and let them steer our life or our relationships or our reactions. We need to, with God's help, bring those strong feelings before him. Steer them towards health. Steer them towards maturity. I, You know, oftentimes I just say, well, I'm just hot-headed that's why i always react this way well that you know that's kind of a cop out you're still responsible for your reaction right remember point 1 and here's the thing in scripture we time and time again hear about the fact that we're not at the mercy of our thoughts or our emotions we actually can decide to choose maturity and make room for the holy spirit in our life so that he can help Conduct and channel all those strong feelings and lead us towards maturity, towards growth, towards health, and lead us on this journey. I love what it says in Philippians 4, verse 6 through 8. Don't worry about anything. This is Paul writing from prison, by the way. So if there's anyone who had a right to complain, that would have been him. But look at what he's saying. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So worry is actually a reminder that it's time to pray, right? Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Gain perspective for His faithfulness. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. God's peace does not depend on logic. It does not depend on things making sense. It does not depend on circumstances changing. It exceeds all understanding. And it happens when we begin to release our concerns and worry before him. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. Will guard your hearts and minds. Your emotions and your thoughts will be contained by his peace. As you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. This is a text that Pastor Nate read last week. I love it. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts. Choose your focus. And allow God to contain, to be the framework for everything that you experience, everything you feel, everything you think. Look at this next text, John 14, 1 and 2. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. What's the flip side of that? There's an option for us to let our hearts be troubled. There's there's, there's an action that that, that Jesus is commanding from us. Don't, Don't just let your hearts be troubled. Don't allow this to be your condition. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home if this were not so I would have told you, I am going to prepare a place for you. Remember, God specializes in preparing that at-home reality for each and every one of us. We're on that journey. I don't want to diminish the things that we're going through, the uncertainty of the pandemic, the, uh, the stress, the frustration, the concern for family, the weight of providing for employees and their families, anger and indignation about injustice that we see around us frustration about current challenges or restrictions or, or uh, distance learning, which is turning into like a postgraduate study uh, for a lot of parents right now. I'm doing more work than my 15 and 13-year-old together, right? Um, I, you know I don't want to diminish any of that, but I want to remind you that whatever emotions that stirs up, you're not at the mercy of that. With God's help, you can steer any anxiety, any stress, anything you're, you're facing, steer it towards him. Make room for him to uh, strengthen you and to stabilize your heart and your mind in him. Third thing, final point, stay in the journey. Stay in the journey. Sometimes our frustration can just lead us to uh, wanting to just give up and give in. And before we know it, we've disconnected from God. We've disconnected from God's family. We've fallen out of the habit of pursuing Him. We've fallen out of the habit of talking to Him, of reading Scripture, of, of 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 joining either online or in person. And God wants us to walk with Him daily. He wants us. He wants to be in the journey with us. But He invites us to not abandon the journey. Stay in the journey. Look what it says in Hebrews eleven. This initial text where it talks about Abraham. Here's what it says, and even when he reached, speaking of Abraham, the land that God had promised him, he lived there by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward. And I want to underline that in my notes here. Look at how many times it talks about looking forward. He was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations a city designed and built by God. Later on in 13, it says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things look forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. I love that phrase. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. We're in a journey that doesn't end at our current address. Amen? It doesn't end in 2020. How many say thank you, Jesus, for that, right? We're on a journey with a much big, bigger picture. It's a, it's, it's a huge picture filled with hope. Come what may. I wanna encourage you to stay in the journey. Now, there's a warning. There's always gonna be a temptation to look back. And in fact, that might seem appealing right now. In the face of uncertainty, we idealize the past. We're like, oh man, I'm sorry, 2019. I shouldn't have said the things I did about you. You were so good to me, right? You know, you can't go back to 2019. That's not the solution. And the reality is, Jesus even warned us about this. He said, using the, the, the metaphor, the analogy of the, someone who sets their hands on a plow, in Luke 9, 62, he said, once you grab hold of that plow, you can't start looking back. Because you know what happens? As you lose sight of your point of reference, you start screwing up. You mess up the opportunities that God has entrusted to you. So yes, we can look back and we can get nostalgic and we can get frustrated about where we're at currently or we can look forward and allow God to fill us with hope and we can make room for God's hope in our hearts, in our story and every day is an opportunity to see Him, to meet with Him. It's a decision we make, Uh, there's a text in, Psalm 118 verse 24 says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. God has done his part. Now I need to decide how am I going to approach it? How am I going to take advantage of it? I want to encourage you to look forward. Find God's voice in each day. Find his company each and every day. Hope is a gift that he brings into our picture and he will give us a perspective that's just filled with hope, filled with faith. And we'll be able to navigate and get through whatever comes our way because we are gonna stick to the journey and believe that he will lead us to that destination, that heavenly homeland. Eternity has a way of leveling things and putting them in their place, right? All of a sudden, the concern and the thing, the despair that I'm struggling with today in the light of eternity kind of finds its proper perspective. And that's what I need God to remind me of, is that I'm a a foreigner to this side of eternity. I'm on a journey to a much better place that he has prepared, what Jesus was even talking about. Final verse that I want to read to you, it says in Psalm 91, uh, verse 1 and 2 actually, those who live in the shelter of the Most High, we'll find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Today's a a day and opportunity for us to decide to choose to trust him. We don't need to understand anything or everything. We have emotions, we can just bring those to God and say, God, <laughs> this is kind of heavy, can you help me out? And he'll replace that weight with his perfect peace. And today's a day to renew our commitment to stick to the journey. It's not only about us, it's about the people around us as well. I wanna encourage you to be a voice of faith and hope to the people around you. It's one of the best things you can do this, this, uh, this season. To the people you love, be a voice of faith and hope. Be an encourager for them. Remind them that there's a bigger journey. Remind them that God has a, a home. He's got a family. Part of that is reminding them about Emmanuel Is God with us, the family that, that they can find here. But I want to I remind you that, that uh, it's so easy to default to uh, just being one more discouraging or complaining voice. Let's not be those people. Let's be people who speak life, who speak hope, who speak faith, and who speak trust in God's promises and his purposes. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let's uh, take a moment to pray and ask you to close your eyes and open your hearts. Father, today we just come before you with, Lord, with complete transparency and, and, Lord, an awareness of how limited we are. And God, how how frustrated we can get. And God, how confused we can get sometimes. But Lord, you, you're stable, you're firm, you're unmovable, unshakable, you're trustworthy. And you don't need to prove that to us, but you have in so many ways. And today, God, we choose to take responsibility, God, for the decisions, reactions that we have, we're not going to shift the blame and Lord for the things that we've done wrong we repent God and we bring that before you we ask that you'd forgive us and cleanse us Lord today we bring our fears our anxieties we bring Lord our our frustrations our anger we bring every emotion we bring it to you and God we ask that you would lead us into hope lead us into joy lead us God into an attitude of of trust in you And Lord, we commit to staying the course, to being committed on this journey. We don't want to just park here and give up. We want to continue to mature. We want to continue to grow. We want to continue to move forward in your plans and purposes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I want to say a quick prayer for those who might be far from God today. And if this is uh, your case, you're here, maybe at some point you walked with God, you've tuned in a line and And you've drifted away, or maybe this is some of the the, the first talks that you've ever heard about faith. And I just want to encourage you that God is the one that takes the initiative, and he's made it simple. He promises that he brings hope and a fresh start to all those who turn to him, begin to walk to him. He meets you and walks with you from this moment on. So if you're in that position, you say, I need a fresh start. I've made a mess of my life. And I want, to, I want to do life different. I want to do it God's way. Today's that day. Today's a day for a new beginning and a day for hope. All you need to do is believe in your hearts. Turn it into a statement with your words. And I'm going to ask the whole church to pray this. And if that's you, I want to encourage you to own this prayer. Make it your own. And say, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of hope. Thank you for the promise of a new beginning. Thank you for your forgiveness. I need it. I've made mistakes and I've sinned against you. But from this point on, I want to live life your way. And I want to recognize Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Walk with me, Lord, every day. And I'll walk with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to Emanuel Today. To learn more about the many ministry opportunities we have throughout the week, be sure to check out EmanuelCC.org.